Good morning. No, there wasn't a delay in your in your camera right there. I got caught off guard and it's wonderful to be here uh, this morning. Great to see you. And it's getting warm in here, so I'm just going to get rid of this. But good to be here. <laughs> Thank you for the, the worship this morning too. I think it's been one of the joys uh, in, in being able to meet like this. It's hard to just sing on your own at home. Uh, it's wonderful to just have a time to come and, and worship together and to know that we're doing that in one spirit. And so it's, it's great to be here. It's great to be here this morning and I'm, I'm really glad that you could be here uh, to join us. And we've been looking at a, a series in this time. We've been looking at the book of James and it is a, a wonderful book. It is down to earth, it's practical, it's gritty, it's honest, the stuff of everyday life. And so far James has encouraged us in a number of ways. He's, he's encouraged us to have faith and, and endurance He's encouraged us to listen and to act. He's encouraged us to have faith with no favouritism. And then last time, uh, last week, he encouraged us to have faith and faith in action. Not just words, but but faith shown in our our good deeds and in in our good action in the world around us. And this week, I have titled the message, Slow to Speak and Quick to Listen. James continues to unpack this idea of what real faith looks like in, the, in everyday life. Now, when I was at, at school, I, I remember uh, this little saying, and it might be a saying that you know well, also hearing the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you know those words? As I was saying, you were probably repeating them in your own mind because they're known very well. Um, and I want to show you a little clip that, that picks up on this theme. And this is a clip for all ages, I must add. So if you're at home right now and the kids are playing Lego or they're running around, gather them right now, parents, uh, because it's for them as much as it is for us. And it will create a good conversation for you to have with them a little bit later. Uh, and this is going to launch us into our theme. Thanks. Simple little clip, isn't it? Almost powerful enough just to pack up and then go on with our day. But no. It unpacks this, this idea, doesn't it? That this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, well, at first glance seems to be true, but there is a reality that is overlooked, and that is that words can hurt. Words are powerful. More powerful than any stick or stone could be. They have the power to cut deep, and often to cause greater harm than any physical object ever thrown. 
I read this quote by an anonymous source which says, There is nothing more which devastates the world than an evil tongue. There is nothing which more devastates the world than an evil tongue. Because words can cut deep like a knife. But we also know, don't we, that they have the power to build up and to encourage. A kind word from a well-meaning friend brings healing and restoration. And then another quote, also from an anonymous source, says, It is amazing how a gentle word at the right moment can change the way we look at the world. You can be feeling miserable. You can feel like the world is nothing better than a trash heap and then someone gives you a compliment about what you were wearing or how they appreciate your friendship and all of a sudden the sun starts to shine once more. James understood this truth and this is a truth that we're going to meditate on today. And as I was looking closely at this passage, we'll be reading from James chapter 3 from verses 1 to 18 today. As I was meditating on this passage, I couldn't help but notice that the theme James picks up on is something that he has already mentioned. It's something that he continues on with. In James 1.19, which was read previously in other messages, James encouraged the church to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I want to use that as a bit of a framework for our time here today. He says also in James 1.26 that those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. And so this is an idea that James has already started to unpack and then he picks it up again and he's going to expand it even more in our time and in this time here today. But two ideas I'd like to use to theme our time together, to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And so if you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to to open up to James chapter 3 from verse 1. We're going to uh, read from verse 1 to verse 12 first and then we're going to pick up from uh, verse 14 a little later. So that's James 3, 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church For we who teach will be judged more strictly. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is itself set on fire by hell. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so a blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, 
and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. We'll pause there, we'll continue on, sorry, from verse 13 uh, as we go on. Interesting. Don't you love James and his subtle words? (laughs) He packs a punch, doesn't he? His encouragement here is to be slow to speak. And why? For we are human and our tongue, our speech is not dependable. He begins with this admonition to those desiring to teach. He starts in verse 1, Not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we, and he places himself in that, in, in, in that camp, of course, being a teacher himself, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And then he goes on to admit, for we all make mistakes. So what he's sharing is the reality that we are imperfect people and that it is a big task to teach, to be in a place of influence, to teach in God's church. And so there's a, a warning here. And a challenge. So don't rush to be heard. Don't rush into these positions because the consequences are huge. I was told, as as many were, when I was training for ministry, that if you can do anything else with your life, do it. Only go into ministry. Only go there if you cannot escape the calling of God on your life. I know many people who were encouraged with the same thing. And it's an odd encouragement, which at the time I'm not sure I understood that well, but maybe I understand it better now. For there's great responsibility in leading, in teaching, especially when we're teaching God's truths. And this is true for all teachers. And I know many teachers at the moment are teaching online, and I know many parents right now have become teachers, as many students are trying to learn from home. As you're in that place, you have a, a great responsibility to, to teach the truth, the, 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 the truths to you, these young people. Maybe you're a teacher and you've done it for so long and you've forgotten the consequences and the great privilege it is to be able to shape and guide the lives of young people. And the truth is for parents, many who right now are becoming teachers, as you're teaching your your sons and your daughters, you have this great opportunity to shape them and to speak into their lives. For teachers, the potential of their words are greater as they have many hearers. And we are reminded that we are responsible for the words that we share and for the people impacted by them for the good and for the bad. In our our current climate, there are more voices than ever before you can hear all types of people. There are podcasts, sermons, radio stations, there's the TV, there's social media, there's YouTube. There's so many media, there's so many types of media these days to hear different voices. And more and more people are stepping up, sharing their opinions and their perspectives. There's more and more of a desire to be heard. And so the encouragement here is not to be too quick to rush into these places to be heard. Because, as teachers or as a voice that people would listen to, the lives of people will be shaped and changed by the words that are shared. 
It's interesting, he starts here. We start here with this, this encouragement to teachers. But this truth that is unpacked starts to relate to everybody. The re- reality of the truths here now are true for all people. For James says, we all make mistakes. And we all have the power of words. He starts to unpack this idea of the tongue. I won't poke mine out. <laughs> but we all have a tongue which we use to share the thoughts of our hearts. And he unpacks this idea that the tongue, although small, is, is powerful. The tongue is small but very, very powerful. And there's two illustrations he shares. A bit in the mouth of a horse. Just a, a small piece of metal that's connected to some reins that enables the rider to guide that horse to the left or to the, to the right. Such a small thing with training is able to, to control such a, such a powerful beast. And then there's the other image of a rudder guiding a ship. And if you will, think of an enormous sail ship. Not just a, a small little tinny or a runabout, but this amazing, enormous ship which has all, these, all the power of the sails as the wind comes into them and it's only the rudder at the back of the ship that guides it. This first idea is that the tongue is small but powerful, that our tongue has an influence out of proportion to its size. And the tongue is small he continues, it has the potential to cause great harm. He shares the illustration of a small spark that can start a great fire. A small spark starts small but becomes something far greater than ever imagined. And only recently we've understood the power of bushfires here in Australia, some of the greatest we have ever experienced. They all began from just a single little spark. So James encourages us that our, our whole body can be impacted by our tongue in the same way that a spark can cause great damage in a fire. I came to know this truth very well in my life as a young man. I could say that as a young gentleman I wasn't the greatest example. <laughs> and we used to love to play in the back paddocks behind our house. Uh, we used to start little fires uh, we used to have a bit of a play. And one time in particular, a friend of, of mine, we, we ran off the, the property. This might become news for my parents, by the way. But we escaped, we escaped the property and, and we lived in Endeavour Hills and there, there's uh, the power lines run through the suburbs there. Sorry. And there's all this free, free land and, and grassland. Most of it is just, just open grass. And we went out there and we were playing on one of the dirt tracks, one of the access tracks through there. We were playing on the dirt track uh, with some little explosives, some little homemade explosives. And as we lit one, it, it burst. I'm not condoning any of this, by the way. It's just the truth of this story. It burst and it landed in some dry grass right beside that dirt track. I was about 12 or 13 at this time. And we, I can remember just looking at the grass and thinking, you know how you sort of pause and you go numb and you're not really sure what's happening? I'm looking and all of a sudden this little fire started to, to emerge. And so we started to, to try to put it out with our feet. We're stomping it. We're, we're, we're doing all that we can. But within seconds it had got way beyond us and a grass fire began. 
And we watched as this grass fire started to push and started to cover probably acre, two acres, and started to push towards the suburbs and these homes in this valley. And so we did all that we thought we could. We ran. <laughs> My friend and I were just overworked. What do we do? We, we, we ran and from a distance we watched and started to see people at the back of their homes pull out hoses and start to hose down the back of the property as they could see this fire starting to come towards their home. And then I thank God that some fire trucks uh, emerged and after over a few hours we were able to save these homes and put out this grass fire. I may have revealed quite a bit there, <laughs> something I haven't shared that often, but I thought of that in the midst of this. Such a small spark in an instant can do so much da- damage, intentionally or unintentionally done. And this is the image that our tongue, that our speech can do so much harm if we are not careful in the way that we use it. Thinking about this idea, and I read this, this, this story. It's the story often told of a very unusual penance of Saint Philip. It was penance that he signed to a woman for her sin of spreading gossip. And so this woman had been caught spreading gossip and she was brought towards, to, to her priest and she was given penance as is the practice of that tradition. And so the 16th century saint instructed her to take a feather pillow to the top of the church bell tower. He encouraged her to rip it open and to let the wind blow all the feathers away. As she stood there and watched the feathers float out over the town, he didn't stop there. He gave her a second and more difficult task. He told her to come down from the bell tower and to go and collect all the feathers that had been scattered throughout the town. <laughs> the poor lady, of course, could not do it. And that was the very point. When we detract or as we speak, our words go out and our malicious words are scattered abroad and they cannot be gathered back. What an interesting illustration. Not only of the power of our words, but how they affect those around us. It's an encouragement to be careful with the words that we speak because once they are uttered in whatever form, we cannot bring them back. They have power to harm. And James continues on with more illustrations. You see, the tongue is small but powerful. It is small it can cause great harm. It is small and it also cannot be tamed. And there's the illustration of animals that can be tamed. Followed by the line, but no one can tame the tongue, for it is restless and full of evil, full of deadly poison. And it's small, as James continues, and inconsistent. Not only can it not be tamed, it's inconsistent. It, it praises God, the creator of the universe, and yet we turn and curse those made in God's very own image. And we read, as James says, that this is not right. For can spring water and fresh water, sorry, and bitter water come out of the same spring? Can a fig tree produce olives of grapevine? Sorry, can a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine figs? Or can fresh water, again he mentions, 
come out from a salty spring? And of course, as you read that, these are rhetorical questions. Of course not. Of course this is not right. It reveals something also about our, our, our true nature. Jesus in Luke 6.43 said, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. For a tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. The words we speak reveal the true nature of our hearts. And at one point we can, you know, we agree with James and say, yes, we know we are not perfect. And at the same time, it, it reveals to us the inconsistency of our of our our speech. And so understanding this, understanding that the tongue is uncontrollable, we come back to that first encouragement. So do not rush to be heard. Be slow to speak. Choose your words wisely because they have great power for harm or for good. So be slow to speak. But we are human and our tongue is not dependable. And then James continues on, and I'd like to read, because what seems to be quite different in theme, we read from verse 13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favouritism and it is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. As we read this, following on from the previous verses, we start to get an idea of the situation that was unfolding here in this church. You see, it seems that there were many in their midst who were desiring to teach and many with false motives, selfish motives in their heart, and it was causing division amongst the people. And so James has this encouragement. If the tongue is uncontrollable, don't rush to be heard, but seek God's wisdom. Seek the wisdom of God and live that out in, that, live that out in humble obedience. Be quick to listen to the wisdom of God is the encouragement here. Verses 1 to 12 are warnings to be careful of our speech and not to rush into sharing many words. So what are we to do instead? The encouragement, seek the wisdom of God. Be quick to listen to his wisdom. 
to not be too eager to speak, but to seek to live for God and to understand his ways. Don't look for the crowds to teach, but look for ways to live out in God's ways in humility in the everyday. And this is the the beautiful thing here. Because the wisdom that James presents here goes beyond words. There's a contrast here with the the previous verses on being eager to use many words and and to to share human wisdom. The encouragement is to, to live out the wisdom of God, which goes beyond words, beyond teaching. Godly wisdom is shown by good conduct. You notice? Not by one's knowledge, not by one's theological understanding or educational prowess, but in practical ways, with humility. And humility is the place to say, Lord, I am here to learn from you. I want to live your ways. DJ Moo says in his commentary on this book, he said, it is our acts of obedience to God performed consistently day after day that makes up the good conduct of a wise person. See, James picks up this theme as he has shared earlier that our faith needs to be more than words. It needs to be more than just wise speech. Our faith needs to be lived out in our day to day in humility and in good deeds. James says God's wisdom is not jealous, it's not bitter, it's not led by selfish ambition. And that's what I mentioned earlier. We get this picture that people were were seeking the place to teach out of selfish motives. And James doesn't pull any punches. He says these are unspiritual, demonic. These are influenced not from God but from the evil one. He contrasts this and encourages them and encourages us that God's wisdom, verse 17, is pure and peace-loving and gentle at all times. It's willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy, full of good deeds. It shows no favourites, always sincere. And he speaks of us as being peacemakers, reaping a harvest of righteousness. For God's wisdom is not theological truths to be shared in a classroom, but actions carried out in humility in our wider worlds. So I wonder what that looks like for you. In your day-to-day life, as you spend the rest of today, hopefully resting with, with family, maybe you've got the opportunity to have some friends and family over today. As you go back tomorrow, I wonder how you can share God's wisdom in your life. We live in a world where the wisdom of the church and the voice of the church is no longer sought after. There was a point in time, even on on daily news, where if situations came up, they would go and talk to a Christian representative and ask for their perspective. What's the Christian perspective on this? Well, that's very rarely heard anymore. And if the Christian voice is heard, it's usually on the sidelines. It seems that the Christian voice and perspective is no longer sought out. I wonder, have there been too many placards, too many naysayers, too many people trying to share truths? See, I would argue that 
There have not been enough Christians living out the wisdom of God. And I mentioned last week that in our current climate, because of the actions of Christians before us, we, we, we carry that stigma because of people not living out the wisdom of God, because people have been quick to talk and slow to act, and actions that have not aligned with the wisdom of God as we see here. Because of this, people, and rightly so, have no longer needed to hear our voice. And so here is our challenge as followers of Jesus, to be slow to speech but quick to show love. Slow to share our theological perspective but quick to live out lives full of mercy, full of good deeds, being peacemakers, Loving those around us in simple ways. So this week, as you go out there, wonder what opportunities will arise for you to share the wisdom of God, not in many words, but in love and in peace. I wonder what opportunities there in your family, in your schools, to simply show the love of God, to come alongside people and to hear them, not to be quick to speak, quick to listen. How can you come alongside people and show them love the way that Jesus did? It's then and only then that I believe we will have a place to be heard. For there is a time to speak. But we must love first. Show the kindness of God. Be slow to speak. Be slow to share the wisdom that you may have, but be quick to share the wisdom of God carried out in love and in good deeds and in simple action. Go this week, I encourage you. Be slow to speak and quick to listen to the wisdom of God. Live your life in simple obedience loving those around you, being the hands and feet of Jesus wherever you may find yourself. Then people will turn and hear and want to hear the truth of God that comes also from your mouth. I pray that you will have a blessed week. Let me pray for us now. Father, we thank you for your wisdom. We ask and pray that you help us to rely not on our own but Lord we will always be quick to listen to the wisdom that comes from your word and from your Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us also to be quick Lord not only to listen but to live it out. Lord James said earlier in in the book Lord he encouraged us to to not to be like a person who sees themselves in a mirror and then walk away unchanged. Lord, your wisdom changes us and encourages us us to live out that wisdom. So, Father, as we go right now, give us the boldness, Lord, to live our days for you, wherever that may be. Pray for parents, Lord. Give them the wisdom they need to love their families well and their children. Lord, be with friends. 
Help them to reach out and to show care and love for the, the people in their, in their lives, I pray. Be with uh, every person here as they go to work. May they love their workmates well. In the simple things we pray. Father, give us wisdom, Lord, to know when to hold our tongues. Lord, there are often opportunities where we, where we probably speak too, too brashly, too quickly. Lord, help us to be quick, rather, to show love. And to show kindness. To be peacemakers. Not to cause fights and quarrels, Lord, but to, to show your truths in, in, in the way in which our lives and in that place, Lord, to create opportunities, Lord, to speak with humility and kindness and love. So, Lord, help us to be slow to speak, Father. Quick to listen and to carry out your truths and your wisdom in our life. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit goes with us wherever we may be, wherever we go. We thank you that you go with us. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people say, Amen. We're going to end with a song that I love the two lines um, that start verse 1 and then verse uh, 3 as well. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? And who brings our chaos back to order? That when our lives align um, with God and his view of things. Uh, we align ourselves with a greater love and a greater wisdom.